Hello, y'all. My name is Josh Shippen, and welcome to the Retrospective Library, a music review podcast. And today, we are going to be reviewing the discography, the influence of Tupac Shakur. So what you can kind of expect from this podcast is we're going to kind of go album by album, look at Tupac's life, his influence, not only on the music industry, but on let's say their focus group um obviously Tupac's focus group was the African American community but we're going to be looking at that we're going to be looking at the style of music that Tupac produced and yeah so obviously just to give you a little background Tupac um called Tupac Shakur or Shakur rather uh was a rapper who was born in let me just make sure I've got this right um, born in New York City in the 70s and was actually, I, uh, this is very famous, but he was killed tragically in the late 90s because of a hip-hop feud or allegedly because of a hip-hop feud. The circumstances surrounding Shakur's death are unclear, but what we do know is that he was in the, obviously, the big East Side, West Side feud involving artists most notably Biggie Smalls, who was on the opposite end. So that's kind of the background on Tupac, and we'll get more into what his specific influences are when we go into his albums and his music, but that's kind of the background we get on Tupac. So starting out, we've got Tupac's first studio album uh, in 1991 called Tupacalypse Now, um, and this really kickstarted a lot of what Tupac would kind of center his musical style around. One thing I do need to say really quick before we keep going is that obviously Tupac's music, a lot of explicit lyrics, a lot of very aggressive and violent lyrics. Um, So listener discretion advised if you're going to listen to Tupac's music, which I recommend you do. And actually, I'll get into this a little bit. As far as the issue of expletives in music is concerned because I think Tupac kind of I don't want to say kicked it off in rap because there were obviously some there was obviously some music before that did use um did use swears that Tupac swearing is just something that's a product of where he grew up number one and number two if someone walks into a room and screams the F word, you're going to look at them and they're going to get noticed. So really that bring that gives Tupac an edge is because he's using this language. People are noticing and it's prolific and it's, whoa, we've never seen this type of thing before. And all of what Tupac is centered around is making people listen and bringing light to a lot of the injustices that are being brought about by the people who he calls his brothers. So I think that's a really important thing to understand if you're going to criticize um, Tupac's use of foul language. So moving on to the album, Tupacalypse Now, of course, released late 1991. This was his first studio album. And this really kicked off a lot of what Tupac would become later. So this album really features almost no element of the personal side of Tupac. We will get that later with uh, stuff like Me Against the World, but for now, this is just centered on police brutality, police violence, racism in general, racism, uh, 
and kind of life in the ghettos, like what life was like on the underground. And I think the really, really important thing is that this album by Tupac is really a Kickstarter, not only in that way, but in the way of his style. Now, Tupac, as as much as everyone loves Tupac, does kind of have a one note style in the way that he, uh, in the way that his music sounds. It's kind of a, um, it's really aggressive. It's there's not an any element of singing in it. It's just loud, fast, and aggressive. And this kicked it off. But the one difference is that Tupac kind of has this style. And you'll see it especially as he develops his sound in records like All Eyes on Me. And especially in Loyal to the Game. But that's kind of a product of Eminem's production, which we'll get into later. Where you see that in this record, as opposed to the other records, Tupac kind of has a higher voice. Almost a clearer voice, I would say. Um... Even in, even if you compare, listen to um, Rebel of the Underground from this record and then listen to I Get Around from Strictly 4. I mean, the sounds are completely different with the way Tupac's voice sounds. It almost sounds reverberated as he progresses. So this is a unique album in that respect, but still in the general style, it's the same as any Tupac record. Some standout tracks from Tupac Lips Now are I Don't Give a F, obviously that stands for the full expletive, um, Violent, The Lunatic, and Rebel of the Underground. Rebel of the Underground especially has a really, really catchy beat and um, has some really, actually really brilliant lyrics. For instance, this is kind of where we see Tupac not only calling on... Um, his his brothers, his family, who he thinks of as the African-American community, to stand up, but kind of taking the approach of some of the original um, civil rights leaders in what's the most dangerous weapon? An educated black man. He's calling on a bunch of changes, not only on their side, but on, like, let's say the white people slash, I, I don't want to make it a war of black against whites, but like, let's just say racist white police of, hey, we can learn, we can stand up not only in our physical strength, but in our mental endurance. So that's a really important thing to note. Um, This also, you don't see it that much in the titles of this album, but this kind of starts off the trend of we'll see it in soldier story where it's purposefully misspelled because that's how Tupac writes and that's how Tupac like thinks and it's not because he's like lower or anything it's it's really kind of kicking off what rap is it's an accumulation of ideas that maybe sound a little a little more scattered and a little more like i don't want to say a little more It's it's a lot of abbreviations and a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? Like you would say ain't instead of are not in rap. It's a lot less polished. I think that's what I'm looking for. And Tupac will use this even later on these kind of abbreviations. Uh, Let's actually I'll just go ahead. Strictly for normally you would say strictly for like strictly for but here it's strictly for number four. And it's not. 
I don't know that it holds that much weight in the end with Tupac's music, but it does hold a little bit of weight in kind of how the rap game was structured from then on, because you could look at Tupac as kind of the father of rap. So that's kind of all there is to say about Tupacalypse now. Again, pretty pretty one note in its message, not really getting personal, but still a really, really good record. One of my favorites, actually, of Tupac's discography. So moving on, it's strictly for my, and then goes into an abbreviation of the N-word, um, which actually stands for never ignorant in getting goals accomplished. This is something that he, um, that he brought up in Tupacalypse now, that that's what the N-word stands for, and that's what he wants kind of his brothers to um, accomplish. And this is a really, really good sophomore album. Uh, holler if you hear me, last words, especially, especially I Get Around is a really, really catchy track. Tupac has really good flows, probably better than I'd say any other Tupac song. Last Words is really good. Papa's song is really good. And it kind of is helping all these other rappers come to light. Like we see Ice Cube is getting a first look in rap or not a first look, but he's getting kind of some attention here. So this is an improvement on Tupac um, from Tupacalypse Now, but the message has not really changed. There's going to be a little bit, just ever so slightly, a little bit of the personal aspect brought in. With Papa's song, we can see kind of uh, the family dynamic of Tupac, where his dad left him, and him and his mom were really close, and that's also kind of a minor, or not minor, but it's it's a kind of a stereotype People will throw it around like in underprivileged neighborhoods, how African-American fathers would sometimes leave. And of course, this isn't just African-Americans. This, I, I mean, this happens to a lot more families, but that's kind of the stereotype. And Tupac is kind of bringing this to light, I think. Um, so there's that. And holler if you hear me, by the way, one of the best intros that you can you can come by in a record just really really catchy um another kind of character that's mentioned in strictly four i think it's in the song pox theme is this girl called latasha and tupac will kind of use latasha as a symbol so latasha harlan's was a young woman who was fatally shot 15 years old african-american girl and he will keep throwing this name around as leverage throughout all of his records, but it's introduced here in Pac's uh, theme. Latasha Harlins, remember that name. So that's, in the end, a lot more of a developed style on this record. Um, Tupac, like I said, has more of that reverberated sound to the way that his music sounds but at the same time it's been more polished you can see clearly that the production is a lot better than in the last record so that's that's really all i have for strictly four um i'm skipping over thug life i kind of did skip over um well tupac's kind of group work i didn't really go into still i rise with outlaws i kind of Looked at his um, album under the pseudonym Machiavelli, but not didn't really touch that. We're really focused on Tupac albums. So 
His next album is called Me Against the World. And this is really where Tupac has, he's developed his style. He's developed his message as kind of this activist that people can look up towards. And now in Me Against the World, this is an extremely personal record. Dear Mama is really going to delve into some tough topics from Tupac, including um, how the feeling of an abandonment when his mom said that he had to go on his own, but how how close he feels to his mom and really an apology letter to his mom because of how tough he was as a child growing up in the ghetto, growing up kind of getting into trouble, but acknowledging his love for his mother and how tough it must have been to raise him in that environment. And I really love this track, not only because it's a very touching track, but because you see a side of Tupac that's very reflective and you see a side of rappers that's really rare to see when a lot of people think of rap they think of very egotistical figures um who don't show a very humble side of an obvious example is like drake you're not going to get this record from drake i don't want to throw him under the bus yet because i'll probably do that when i review his discography but this is what we're that's what kind of Tupac is going for in this record it's something I wish a lot more rappers did a lot more often so that's that's kind of an overview of me against the world this is really it's really a sad record as well because Tupac also talks about kind of his internal struggle as he's facing this world and it seems like he's alone and he's this lone activist he's got all these fans but the police are against him. The rest of the rap game is against him. And he's really, he's on his own. So, and even the the intro track to this is a news report on how Tupac was actually shot. Before his fatal shooting, he was shot. And it's, it, I mean, it's it's life or death for him. And for getting this message out, it's life and death. It's everything to him. So... This, I mean, it's a really, really important album um, in not only establishing the more personal side of Tupac, but establishing really what starts to cause Tupac's end. So, getting on to our next record, All Eyes on Me. Now, this record has been lauded as like the best rap album of all time. I tend to disagree with I tend to disagree with this. Obviously, how do you want it? California Love. Um, there are some other really good tracks. Let me just scroll down and remind myself. Two of America's most most wanted with Snoop Dogg is is really good. Scandalous, All Eyes on Me, um, Ambitions as a Writer. But in the end, this is it's really long. This hour comes in at a, like a whopping two hours. Two hours, 10 minutes. It's it's a very tough listen if you're trying to listen to it straight through. And in the end, there's too many forgettable tracks to make this a meaningful record. So I think if there's something to take away from All Eyes on Me, it's that lots of good bangers. Like like I said, Ambitions as a Writer, Scandal is, How Do You Want It? Two of America's Most Wanted. These are all really good tracks backed up by kind of a lackluster, really lackluster message and um, like a, a not very existent theme. 
So would I put this as the top rap record of all time? No. But would I put it as top 15, top 20? Absolutely. I mean, this is a great, this is a great record. So we're going to go ahead and move on. We're skipping, well, okay, I'll spend a little time talking about Don Kaluminati. Um, This is Tupac under the alias of Machiavelli. And this is a record that focuses a lot on the um, West Side, East Side War, mostly between Tupac and Biggie Smalls. And this really is more like me against the, it's, it's if me against the world had a really, really intense style. I'm much less familiar with this record than I am with Tupac's other records, but I mean, this is a really, really aggressive record. Um, and it's, it, it, it is post-mortem or I should say it's a posthumous record, but it was already completed, already ready by the time Tupac died. So in all, in all essence, it is a Tupac album, one of the last real Tupac albums. So I, I can't really give you a ton of specific tracks to listen to, but Bomb First and Hail Mary, which are the two first tracks to this record, are some really good tracks. Very intense. I'd give it a listen. But that's it's it's a it's also a harder Tupac listen because it's so so much of an intense record and doesn't really have any it doesn't have any emotional backing to it and it doesn't have kind of the fun feeling as even though like Tupac is of course an activist I get around is a really fun song rebel of the underground is a fun song so it doesn't have that going for it and it doesn't have the personal aspect going for it and that's really I feel like the failing of those of the or, or that album excuse me um moving on we've got are you still down and Tupac, again, has made a really, really long record, and this will continue for a while. Now, what this has going for it is that it's much more personal than um, All Eyes on Me, but it has less depth as far as really rememberable songs. One exception to that is um, called Do For Love. It's one of Tupac's more famous songs, and it's, I wouldn't call it powerful, but as far as like rap love songs are concerned, it's up there in the top five just as a, a good song to listen to, a feel-good song to listen to, frankly. But really, it's the rest of it is pretty forgettable. This is, this is where Tupac starts to really sound the same a lot. And of course, we can't throw him under the bus for that because he's not like, of course, was not alive when these records were being made. Um, so there's nothing that can kind of supplement that, but it's still a problem if you're trying to give later albums a listen. So we're going to move on. I'm skipping past greatest hits because that's a compilation. I already talked about still I rise. I didn't really mess with, um, outlaws hasn't been, um, a group I'm really interested in listening to, but moving on. We've got Until the End of Time. This might be, well, of course, there's Pac's Life, which I'll go ahead and spoil, is my least favorite Tupac album of all time by a very large margin. But Until the End of Time is also kind of a weak album for me. It suffers from the similar flaws of the its two predecessors, 
which is that once again, it's a really, really long project. Now, this album does have some really good features. Um, and that's been a thing since All Eyes on Me. All of these albums have very good features. But again, it's it's just it's forgettable. And that's not something you could say with the first three or four albums. Even even with All Eyes on Me with its length had really rememberable songs, but this just doesn't. Um I'm looking at the track list right now, and I'm sure if you played some of these songs, I could say, Oh yeah, I remember that, but it's it's not it's not something that you're gonna go on your playlist and replay because you want to listen to it. So that's the failing of this record. If you wanted to listen to until the end of time, it'd probably be a fun lesson if you wanted to have it on in the background. And I think the reason that none of these are rememberable is because even though pot goes into a more purposeful or um, not purposeful, well, I meant personal, but purposeful could work too, goes into that side, it all sounds the same and it all has the same message. A lot of what you want to see in rappers is kind of a diversity in the message. Each album should be addressing something new. And in the beginning, that was happening. You had Tupacalypse Now, which was very, very centered on addressing police brutality and racism. I Get Around was kind of the same, but it was a development of Tupac's style. Me Against the World was very clearly about exploring the more personal side of Tupac. But after that, it's just overlong records with kind of some hype bangers. So... This will, however, kind of improve with Better Days. It's still a long record, but it's it's a more personal and heartfelt record. One really good example is Thug's Mansion. And this is something which I wish Tupac would do a lot more. And that's that there's this um the beat track is not really a beat track. It's a it's a guitar um a guitar solo, and even though Tupac's not singing in it, uh, and he's still rapping over it, it's a very, it's a very heartfelt, personal guitar feel. Like any pop song could put um, uh, a melodic sequence over this and make it some sappy song, but this really is kind of Tupac talking about, again, the song is called Thug's Mansion. It's talking about this brotherhood that he feels with the rest of his community and how that's influencing his work and how he wants the game to succeed and his people to succeed. I mean, it's a, it's a very heartfelt project and one that I feel like could be, um, if, if he expounded on this more, his records would be much more listenable and much, much more endurable. But... Other than that, it's a pretty run-of-the-mill Tupac record. There are a lot more interesting songs on this one. Um, I'm looking over the track list again. FML featuring Outlaws is a good song. Uh, Still Ballin' is great. Changed Man. I mean, this improves from Until the End, but it still has the same problems with these posthumous albums. Overlong, not enough memory memorable songs except for the ones talked about so moving on skipping over new mix classes uh tupac resurrection and then tupac live we're going to loyal to the game now this is an album that doesn't get a lot of credit a lot of people kind of cite eminem's inability to produce this record 
I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say this is one of my favorite Tupac records. I think it's the best intro of any Tupac record. Holla If You Hear Me is close, but Soldier Like Me is one of my favorite Tupac songs. It's got this really not overly aggressive, but aggressive enough beat that's kind of more like a, I don't want to say like a modern, modern beat because it really isn't at all. But it'll it'll grab your attention, whereas kind of the basic beat on other Tupac songs won't. And Eminem's feature on this song is really, really catchy. Um, and Don't You Trust Me, which is one of the later tracks featuring uh, Ditto, I think is how you pronounce that name, it, um, is really good, actually. It's a really heartfelt song about not, I mean... Not only Tupac's inability to relate to this woman, and this woman has kind of been an underlying, not theme, because his relationship hasn't been a theme, but an underlying character in Tupac's story, how this woman, not only can he not trust, she not trust him, but there's just all this mistrust in the rap game. It's a much bigger message, and if you think about it, a lot of what's going on in Tupac's life is so much mistrust and so much betrayal and so much just really depressing betrayal about how the rap game is structured. So that's Soldier Like Me is very or not not Soldier Like Me. Don't You Trust Me is very prolific in that way. And what this album gets right above all the others, except for Tupac's very early works, it's not overlong. It's 14 tracks. No. Not even that. It's 13 tracks if you don't count the remixes, which I tend not to. And even with the remixes, it's only 17 tracks. So that means it comes in just under an hour, which is perfect. These other projects that are two hours long and don't have any memorable songs are a really, really tough listen. But this comes in just under an hour. It's perfect for an easy listen. And the uppercut, Out on Bail, Ghetto Gospel, Loyal to the Game, N-I-G-G-A, don't you trust me? Hennessy, Thug for Life. These are all memorable tracks. I could I could give you the lyrics on some of these right now. I'm I'm not going to, but it it's what the posthumous records have been missing. And that's really special for a Tupac record. Um I will say one thing that Eminem did not get right is that Tupac's voice has still has that reverberated sound that it's had for the whole time but it feels stretched almost it it doesn't it doesn't sound correct but the beat and the lyrics sound perfect so it's still it's still passable as a Tupac record i think a lot of people over dramatize how this sounds and that's not fair because it it sounds more than good enough so Moving on, we're on the last Tupac project, and this is a really bad project. I'm just going to be real with you. Of Up to this point, even though I've had a, a few negative things to say about Tupac's, some of Tupac's albums, oh, they have still been overwhelming, overwhelmingly good and fun to listen to. This is not. Pac's life is really, I heard it great on an article, this is the posthumous album that we never needed. This is a very, this is very filled with a lot of more commercial pop sounding beats. The last thing when you think of Tupac that you think about is pop. 
I mean, Tupac is not a pop artist. There's no like real singing in a Tupac song. So to have a bunch of singing and really kind of glitzy feel to this record, it's a little tedious, actually. If if you were setting this beat to, let's say, I don't even know, like a Kanye song or a Logic song or a J. Cole song, this might be passable, might. But with Tupac, it's just not the style. And there's some really cheesy bars from Snoop Dogg in this record. Snoop Dogg's all over this record. He's all over a lot of other records, but in a good way. And here it's very much in a bad way. I wouldn't listen to this if I were you. I I would stay far away from this. Untouchable is a, a passable song, but I think it's the last passable song on this record. So that's kind of, that's Tupac's discography right there. As far as his influence, his influence cannot be understated. This is, we're talking about one of the, if not the greatest rapper of all time and most prolific rapper of all time. Um, I think if there was anything to complain about Tupac, it's that he didn't get personal enough. And I hate saying that because his career was cut very short. But I would have liked to see more of that personal side because I feel like that's where all rappers are at their strongest point. I feel like the reason we never get a strong Drake performance is because we never get a personal side, whereas we started getting strong Eminem performances because of the Eminem show or tracks like that or Mockingbird, where, which is a, an extremely personal record. So that hurts Tupac in spots, but it's not really his fault. Um. I guess the other complaint, if there would be any about Tupac, is that a lot of it sounds the same. You get hearing one song, and it starts sounding like the next song and the next song. And again, I know I'm harping on it, but that's the that's the problem with the early posthumous records, is how much they all sounded alike and how long they were. And how long All Eyes on Me was. Less of a problem, again, with All Eyes on Me because of how good those individual singles were. But, yeah, it's it's it gets to be a problem. So that's kind of, that's it for what I have on Tupac. Um, if you like this, make sure to keep listening. There's not going to be a really consistent release schedule. But as a tease, the next artist that I'm reviewing will also be a 90s rapper around this time period. Similar story, and I'm really excited to give his full discography a listen because I haven't done it before, not the full thing. But yeah, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.